0: Bad news.
1: Bad news for the state.
0: Bad news for capital. Bad news for patriarchy. Bad news for all forms of domination. Bad news. Angry voices from around the world. Our monthly info show from anarchist and anti authoritarian radio projects worldwide.
1: If these news are bad, I don't want to be good.
2: Hello and welcome. You're listening to the 67th edition of Bad News, Angry Voices from Around the World, which is a monthly news program produced by International Network of Anarchist and Anti-Authoritarian Radios. This month we have contributions from three radio projects. A Radio Berlin spoke to a comrade from the Anarchist-Feminist Anti-Prison Alliance, who organizes the annual protest rally in front of the Women's Prison in Chemnitz, a small town in eastern Germany. The focus of the conversation were hardships of unionizing inside German prisons and the importance of building connections and creating empowering moments together. The second piece is from Kilo Voseme, a show on radio student Ljubljana, which spoke with an activist from Que Lili Collective about their interesting and a bit crazy idea to buy a ship which would connect Europe and Latin America to fight, among other things, for climate justice and against colonization. Finally, The Final Straw Radio is sharing a portion of a new interview with supporters of four people facing up to 12 years in U.S. federal prison for alleged after-hours graffiti at a fake abortion clinic near to Miami in the state of Florida, in the wake of the Supreme Court's removal of the protection of legal rights to choose abortion, laws limiting access for trans people to healthcare and public participation, and other regressive steps across the so-called U.S. Hey. this bad news has been put together by Črna Luknja in Ljubljana.
3: Na
4: Hello. So at the 8th of March, as you all may know, there's International Feminist Fighting Day. And around that day, every year, there's also happening another demonstration, which is usually at the same spot, which is in Chemnitz, which is a small town in eastern Germany. And there's a prison designed to imprison women and other femalized people. And there's a an feminist anarchist anti-prison demonstration in front of the jail every year. We are lucky enough to talk with someone who's part of the feminist anarchist anti-prison alliance, das Feministische Anarchistische Antiknastbündnis, which is organizing the annual event. We're happy to have you here. Are you inclined to tell us something about the history of this annual demonstration? Why you do it and how does it work and what you want to achieve with it? Sure. The demo or like
1: rally has been taking place for seven years now. We actually discovered this year, it was the seventh time we were there. And it actually started to support the people organizing in the prison union, the GBO. So when it started in and. Seventeen. there were a handful of people within the prison who were organizing in this union and were struggling a lot with repression, like the searching of the cells and the controlling of their letters and everything. So yeah, we kind of did this demo, organized this demo to support them, but also in general raised the awareness of the topic of prison and especially the prison where female persons are imprisoned. So it kind of evolved from that because the... GBO struggled throughout the time, but there were still connections inside the prison, and we kind of established it as our feminist practice for the
4: 8th of March within the last years. And this year it happened at the 4th of March, which was a Saturday. Can you describe something about this year's demonstration? Like, how did it feel to be there? How was the weather? What did you do? What happened? How can we imagine the scenario?
1: For me, it's like every year a super emotional rally. And I say rally because in the first years we did a demonstration, but then we started doing a rally right in front of the prison because it's so much outside the city that you have to actually walk for three hours. And then when you're there, you haven't got so much energy anymore. So we started doing a rally about three years ago and you can really feel the energy of the people coming there with their feminist fighting power for the 8th of March. But then again, you also have this huge gray intimidating building which is just there to intimidate you as a human being. So I think this really makes it really clear also what the function of the prison is to lock away and intimidate and isolate people. And it feels so good to be there with this crowd of people who has really bonded also over the last seven years and got more familiar with each other. This year, the weather was really against us. It was like raining, snow raining for almost the whole rally, which was going for two hours. But I think we were still going strong and having a lot of really powerful speeches from the criminal queers, criminals for freedom, some other anarcho or queer feminist groups, also about the situation of Kurdish imprisoned persons. Yeah, so a lot of powerful speeches, also chanting of slogans. And the highlight of every year's rally is the choreography, which we do together, which is also like a really powerful
4: and bonding moment for the rally. The choreography is a dance that we collectively do, having flags and trying to be visible from inside the prison. It's one thing that I love so much about this rally, is that unlike many other prisons in Germany, it's still a situation where you can visibly establish connection between people imprisoned and people standing outside in front of the prison. Like there's people behind bars which can actually see the people protesting in front of the prison, which is not everywhere the situation in German prisons. And it's really beautiful that there's this moment where you can actually connect. And somehow be together in the same situation that prison usually deprives you of. So that's also something that I consider to be very beautiful about this annual event. To remind one another that one is connected through the same struggle and that one is actually in connection. This also works so well because I think that you as an alliance put a lot of effort to stay in contact with people throughout the year. Can you tell us something more about that? Yeah, first and foremost is like super difficult. (laughs) And it's
1: always... Just individuals within the prison who we can stay in contact with. But then again, a lot of people in Germany have rather small prison sentences for majorly minor defenses. So they also, luckily for them, go after a year max, but it also makes the continuous work within establishing the connections way harder. There are a couple of individuals over the years which we had a strong connection to and which also enriched our rally a lot because they could spread the news inside so we can play the songs that the people wish for. We also played greeting messages on the rally which is also like a super powerful thing you know that you get those greetings from inside and then there's the person saying like I want to greet Mandy in block three and It feels so cool to be in this role of spreading the word, spreading the music that people want to hear and also spreading those greetings. We also had for the last two years, which was new in the seven years history, relatives and friends of people from inside the prison coming to the rally, which I think is also a super powerful moment when you have the moms and there was also a boyfriend of a person being there saying a few words into the microphone. But which is quite concerning is that it's always just tied to individuals and the whole structure of the prison union, the GBO, doesn't work anymore. More because of the severe repression that the people faced inside. And also we cannot forget the COVID times where the prisoners were deprived of almost every right to communicate with the outside. And I mean, it's not only us as organizing anti-prison work. You have to imagine that for them, they could not see their kids anymore. They had one phone call in a week or something only for a long time, no visits at all, then visits only behind the plastic window. So this whole coven also increased the amount of energy you have to put in establishing those connections. If people want to support us establishing the connections, for instance, we have this telephone campaign where people can donate money for imprisoned persons to pay their phone bills because the telephone bills in the prison are extremely expensive and also we have regular letter writing workshops so it's such a good opportunity to get in touch with those isolated people inside those walls to write letters and let them know that
4: they're not alone. Thank you very much I'm done with my questions now, is there anything that you would like to add concerning this whole topic of anarchist, feminist, Anti fascist, anti prison rally in Chemnitz in Eastern Germany.
1: Yeah, it would be super cool to see you there next March. So have a look, like around March, there will be the rally to the Chemnitz prison. You can check out the web pages of criminalsforfreedom.noblocks.org or abcdd.org. There you will find a lot of information about anti-prison work, also testimonies of people inside the prisons, their stories, their perspectives. Also the means to donate for letter
4: writing and anti-repression work. Hope to see you. Thank you for organizing it all those years and also see you next year. U bitomarcih
5: pomorče belih družin, kako volito organizirana obramba pretočio.
3: Ovo godišnji agrarni budžet nije neizbliza izbliza u iznosu onom koji odgovara
0: poljeprivrili.
6: If you are contaminated by Monsanto's GMOs, you no longer own your seeds or plants. I will
0: pass over
2: to
7: you. We er are in Kilowavsevo Radio, student. Do we have a comrade Rosa on air? It seems uh, you are starting very interesting initiative. Yeah, we we are a
5: group of um, climate activists and also people active in the colonial movement. And our collective is called Kelili. Um, it's the name of a bird which used to live on the island of Guadalupe um, near to Mexico. But which was hunted to extinction by the when the white colonialists came. Yeah. So and our idea is that we want to create a permanent exchange between um, collectives fighting for climate justice or for land rights or for indige- indigenous sovereignty um, between Europe and Latin America, which we also say often the word Yala which is like an indigenous term for it. Yeah, and we want to set up this connection by having a boat, which can go between the continents regularly. Yeah, and use this boat as a as a tool to create solidarity and to create understanding for different fights And this is our idea.
3: Could you tell something about like uh, where the idea for sailing between America and Europe came, and uh, maybe w- what are the the main topics that you want to address all across the ocean?
5: I think the, we had the idea for some time, but it really started to become more concrete when the communities of the Zapatista declared that they will make a large delegation visit to Europe. This was in 2021. And they also, like some of us, were in the collectives, which helped organize their journey here in Europe and there was also the wish of them to use planes as little as possible but in the end we only found um, a place for seven people on a ship and all the other 150 people had to fly and i think this was giving us more the motivation to try to create possibilities where people can travel across the continents without having to fly and still be able to exchange with comrades and the topics it's for us, really important to highlight that, like, colonialism is still going on. And, for example, right now, there's also, like, a lot, lot of protests in Mexico um, against, a, like, a super large project. It's called the Tren Maya Project. And there's a lot of German companies and also other European companies together with the Mexican government. They want to create like, a pretty huge tourist train um, through the territories where the indigenous people of the Maya live, and also destroying the forest there, and and they have also a lot of problems with uh, companies coming in and stealing the land for so-called like green development. So that companies coming in like raising off the forest and then planting solar cells on it, so that we in Europe have like a green good conscience. I think for us it's like to highlight these. Like, all these things that, like, big companies or Western states come to the global south and just take land and just destroy the native cultures, Um, it's still going on. And we want to organize together to, to have a strong voice against this.
7: Okay, you already a little bit mentioned with who you are uh, in the network. Uh, maybe you can tell a little bit more with whom you want to collaborate or establish uh, contacts uh, through uh, this initiative.
5: I think there's a lot of there's a lot of progressive movements in Abiyal Yala, and I mentioned already the Zapatista, it's indigenous community who declared their independence in 1994 on the 1st uh, January, which is now 30 years ago about. And then also in Mexico, it's also the so-called National Indigenous Congress. And it's basically like a uh, a Congress made out of uh, most of the indigenous people in Mexico. But also we are in contact with, um, there's a large cooperative, for example, in Venezuela. Uh, They're called Chichose Sola. And they are they've also established for many generations now and have a lot of agricultural cooperatives where they produce their own food and they have a a health cooperative where they have like basic health um, services for all the people and there's many projects where people try to create alternatives and outside of the state and create alternatives which doesn't destroy the, the planet and is socially, it's good for the people and not just good for for some some risk rich investors
3: maybe you could say something about your um uh, what are your main um values that uh, I don't know um, with which uh, the, uh, who you organize together so um, like political values uh, yeah social values mm-hmm
5: I think we try, like, when we organize together, we try to organize with. With, we try to avoid hierarchies as much as possible. I think some of us call themselves anarchists. I think some others call themselves differently, but we're not like, like, like only work with certain people. Um, yeah, and then I think we said in the beginning that for us. Like our political understanding is that these topics of um, capitalism and the topics of colonialism and the topic of patriarchy, which is like like the whole topic of gender oppression, um, that these topics are for us like connected and they are very interlinked, and that we want to that our ship when when once we have the ship that our ship will be open for use and to be able to be used by any group or any individuals who share these like basic political views.
7: Okay, so this crazy idea of having ship uh, going through oceans, uh, it seems also um, money-wise very difficult projects. How you are uh, planning to overcome this obstacle?
5: Yes, I think it's, it's really like a big obstacle for us and still we try a lot um, with now, now in the last month we've we've written a lot of like trying to raise money from through funding applications um, but also another thing that we want to do more is um, for example in Germany there's a lot of there's a um, like a whole network um, of cooperatives where people have started to build to buy their own houses, like a group of people, they buy their own house, and of course they don't have the money for this immediately, so they lend money for many for many different people without going to the bank, and then they can have um, money without having to pay like a lot of how do you say it taxes to the bank, and then they pay it off um, with the rent that they pay, and this way they take it off the market and it's just then it belongs to the people and it doesn't belong to to an investor any, anymore yeah and i think we want to explore this also together like to find to find a lot of people who can give us little uh, little sums of money um that we can use
7: okay uh, very nice idea yeah we are a little bit familiar with housing projects so your plan is on the end to have a lot of ships that would uh, travel between the continents
5: okay this is I think far away I think first we start with one ship and if we may make, make uh, successful with one ship I think we can talk about the second ship but um but it would be uh, it would be amazing to have you know it would be amazing to have different. To have the possibility to travel intercontinentally without having to give your money to the capitalistic airline industry and stuff.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, Maybe we are coming to the end of this interview, but uh, for now, like, uh, what uh, else do you have to do for the first trip? So what are the, the, like, um, steps, baby steps to, to start the first trip?
5: Yeah, I think we're still, we're still looking for, we're still growing and we're looking also for more people and we're looking for, we're writing a lot of funding applications and we're organizing ourselves. And for this, we're also doing a large info tour, um, through many countries in Europe. Um, we will start end of next week. We will start in Warsaw. And then we will go down through Poland, through and also go through, end up in Ljubljana uh, at one place. So we will be on the 5th of May, we will be in the A Info Shop, um, which is in AKC Metalkova. Probably the people know it. I, I just pronounced it probably very wrong. But we will be there and make also a presentation about our project and show some films from Abya Yala about the resistances um, against against mining projects, against other, or against like new green projects. And yeah, so I think we do this large trip to get to, to network with people in who are activists and to find more people to join our collective, but also to make the idea of using ships for these things, to make it more known. If I can say, if people want to research more about our project, uh, we have like a website and I I just spell our name so it's easier to find. So it's Q-U-E-L-E-L-E dot org and K-Lili. And with this, you can find more information and put also if you want to get our newsletter
7: and stuff like this. For sure, we will put this address also under our radio show so that people can uh, find can find the address there. So, is, okay, is there something else that need to be added? No, thank you for this
5: possibility. Yeah.
7: No problem, and, and see you soon. Yes.
5: Yeah, see you soon. <laughs> Bye.
7: Ciao, Bye. Enjoy.
5: Thanks to today's mechanized farming, there's more time for the family to visit in the town nearby. Time for the boys and girls to meet friends for a swim before the pool closes for the winter. Time to shop for new clothes. To look at new equipment.
2: KILABO Agroprogram,
7: radio student.
0: Hey listeners and welcome to the final straw radio segment for this latest episode number 67 of bad news, angry voices from around the world. We are sharing a recent conversation with two activists doing legal support for four people in the state of Florida, facing up to 12 years for alleged graffiti at a fake abortion clinic. this They're being charged using a law that was passed in the 1990s called the FACE Act, which was designed to protect the employees and patients at real abortion clinics from violence, intimidation, and blockades by Anti abortion extremists. You can find out more about the case and keep up at sflarc.blogspot.com. And you can hear the rest of the conversation or read the transcript of it on our April 23rd, 2023 episode. Thank you very much.
8: So I'm Oso. Um, I go by they, them. Um, I live and have lived in South Florida my entire life, live and breathe, Miami Dade, South Florida, all of that. I am also part of the South Florida Anti-Repression Committee, and I'm actively working on bringing awareness and working on supporting our comrades during this time.
6: Hello, my name is Hunter. She, her pronouns. I'm also part of the Anti-Repression Committee, and I try to bring awareness and support to our friends. The political climate right now, not just on the side of groups that are trying to do the resisting, But on the fact that the scope, the state government itself is turning more and more towards gender fascism, as Governor DeSantis, a name which more listeners might be familiar with, is very much believed to be working on a presidential campaign, even if he hasn't announced that yet, by really going hard on a culture war against what the mainstream conservative party now would call wokeism. Something that is so nebulously defined, every time that a DeSantis official tries to really define it, it gets made fun of online. And a lot of book bannings and withering away at education, like Oso was starting to get at both in college and in pre-college education, is this witch hunt against critical race theory, CRT, that's become a buzzword now. And DeSantis loves to use the wokeism term in order to try and get rid of any historical education that would imply that the United States has systemic injustices. I don't have his exact definition, but that's close to what the definition that they tried to give was. And so if you try and outlaw believing that the government of the United States has systemic injustice, you're basically trying to outlaw any radical critique that tries to get to the root of problems. And when I say gender fascism, I'm talking about things like the legal ban that just passed, which DeSantis signed, trying to outlaw abortions past six weeks. Also, the heavy attempts at also withering away transgender rights because the war against transgender health care and the war against women's health care, uh, not that those things are necessarily different things. In general, is exactly the same war that's being waged by gender fascists right now.
8: So, the South Florida Anti Repression Committee was formed in response to the first two indictments of long term organizers and comrades, who are Caleb Freestone and Amber Smith Stewart, towards the end of January. I believe it was early February. Well, actually, Amber was raided and Caleb was forced to turn himself in to federal jail, basically. And it was all happening pretty much simultaneously on the same morning. They were given these orders of no contact list. We started up the committee in response to them because we weren't just going to leave them in the dust and let them figure this out on their own. This is a collective struggle. They've been longtime comrades of ours, and it's just appalling how... Severely, they're getting punished for graffiti on a building that was empty at the time. No one was hurt. You know, being faced with 12 years in prison, in federal prison, is just completely ludicrous. And we all banded together, created the committee to bring awareness going on, raise funds, and just let everybody know what's been going on, how the state is retaliating, You know, this is something that's happening under Biden's administration, under a Department of Justice under Biden's administration. You know, it is just showing how all of this is, you know, ridiculous and how the Democrats don't care. They have never cared about protecting our rights. And the fact that they're using the FACE Act in such a way to protect a quote unquote pregnancy crisis, pregnancy center which we all know they do not provide any type of substantial you know prenatal health care and the face act was created to protect clinics that do offer substantial health care for you know for prenatal or or any type of abortion providing you know clinics um because we've seen time and time again planned parenthoods being attacked, you know, people posting up in front of these abortion clinics or places where p- people allegedly, you know, have abortion, you know, provide abortion care and sometimes they don't they don't even do that in some of those planned parenthood locations. So the fact that these people who will go and harass people go unpunished but our comrades are facing this much you know, jail time over some graffiti that didn't hurt anybody is insane. So we're trying to be the point of contact for anybody who wants to know more about this case, issuing press releases, provide support to them, collecting funds for legal defense, you know, trying to get in expert witnesses and just blow this up.
6: Thankfully, all four of them are safe and out of custody at the moment. All of them have spent some time in jail. Surprisingly, after being raided or having spent some time in jail, one of the comrades was able to arrange with their lawyer to go up to where the case stems from, up in, I think they call it the Middle Judicial District in Florida, in Tampa, where the case originates from and just signed some required paperwork with their lawyers present and avoided sitting in jail. But the cost of having a lawyer that would help out with that was in the thousands of dollars out of pocket. Currently, all four of them cannot speak to each other, and one of our friends, whose family home was raided, had to move to get away from the traumatic experience that happened to her at her home, and also to be able to afford things in this current situation and having to relocate to stay with family for support. Meanwhile, another one of the indicted folks initially had their spouse included in the no contact list, but thankfully the court overruled that.
8: Yeah, so we've partnered with Act Blue, and what I believe is a reproductive. Legal Defense Fund, um, and they're helping us raise money to pay for all legal expenses, which is going to be costly. You know, thank goodness their comrades are in the best hands, you know, but that's still going to cost money. We want to be able to pay all that back or pay whatever hasn't been paid. We have to bring in expert witnesses to give their points of view on the absurdity of these charges and how you know, just help build our case and win this case. We want everyone to know, you know, that this is a fight for everyone and not just here in South Florida.
6: The link is secure.actblue.com forward slash donate. Forward slash FL Legal Defense. No spaces or underlines.
8: Cool. And you'll be able to find um, our blog with all of our press releases, all of our social media, where we'll be constantly updating. And we're both on Twitter and Instagram at the moment, so give those a follow because this is just setting a precedent for any future indictments. And we want people to to know this is how far they are willing to go to stop us in our tracks. You know, this is what they've resorted to with regards to abortion rights and reproductive rights. And if we let it sit, it's just going to keep getting worse.
6: Every legal case sets a precedent. The one here in South Florida is setting up a lot of precedents if the reactionaries get their way. Before delving into that, I want to also give a little context to what Oso was talking about in Tallahassee, where several pro-choice activists were arrested, along with Nikki Freed and another politician, because they were denied a right to peacefully protest within a certain distance from the building. It reminded me of a buzzword that I would hear a lot during the 2016 election cycle, free speech zones. Apparently, you're allowed to exercise the First Amendment, but you have to do it over there in that corralled area. You can't just do it anywhere near a public government building or facility, and that was a violation of their First Amendment rights. And the precedent is being set. In this case, in particular, down here in South Florida, we've talked about how CPCs have previously not been considered actual medical centers because they're not regulated like medical centers. Twelve years for graffiti, when not a punch has been thrown and not a pane of glass has been cracked. I can't imagine how many graffiti artists are out there, how many street painters and artists are out there who will be decimated to hear that suddenly they're starting to charge people for the mere act of spray painting something, allegedly, with 12 years in federal prison. I've never gone to a sort of like community defense situation where folks are doing clinic escort, but I do know a lot of clinic escorts. And when they talk about the reactionaries who protest abortion clinics, they're intimately familiar with the FACE Act. And the reactionary is anti abortion extremists, the abortion abolitionists, which I think is a term that they call themselves. They fundraise specifically to commit crimes that go against FACE, blocking clinic entrances or intimidating people right there. And so many of them will get away with it. Far right activists have tried telling DeSantis, hey, the government doesn't apply this to left wing protesters as much, this FACE Act. And they still celebrate the idea that not enough is being done to charge progressive activists with this law.
2: Oh God, no.
4: Right in the middle of Sindagma Square right now. Police is behind
1: me. Many police officers have been hurt.
3: Men and women who are trying to protect democratically elected leaders.
7: Bad news. Angry voices from around the world. Local energies and anti-authoritarian radio shows on one spot.
2: Tune in every 15th of the month.
7: More information on a minus radio minus network.org.
5: What's a revolution to you?
2: To kill the bosses and take their money. <laughs>